Hey everybody, I'm Michael Fernandez Jr. and welcome back to another episode of The Things I Wish I Knew. Today's guest is Shahira. Now the reason I'm excited to have Shahira on the podcast is because I want people to understand that no matter your upbringing, whether rich or poor, your race, religion, gender, that everyone has a story to tell and everybody deals with their own struggles in their own ways. But before I get into all that, let me just welcome Shahira to the podcast. Hey everyone, it's Shahira here. Thanks for having me. Now, yeah, absolutely. Now, before we kind of go into, you know, your story and what we're going to be talking about today, how about you just let people know where they can find you if you're on social media and those kind of links? Yeah, so I do have an Instagram, which I'm mostly active on. Um, My social media for that, my, my at is she's in Seattle. And I also have a Twitter and that's under Buttercups and that's B U D D. E-R-C-U-P-S, which is how Michael and I connected, actually, through Twitter, which is surprising because I have actually only been active on my Twitter in the past, like, I would say six months. I've had it since I was probably like maybe since 2011. So I just think that's hilarious because it wasn't until I came back from the East Coast that I started using Twitter, actually. Yeah, that's funny. I actually just started using Twitter in like December, November, uh, because of Gary Vee and all those kind of things. But uh, for anyone trying to find her social media, I will have it linked in the description so you guys could find Shahira on social media. Um, but yeah, that's funny. I, I just started on uh, Twitter not too long ago. And I, uh, I like it. It's different than Instagram and all the other platforms. I agree. I feel that it's more real and relevant um yeah and i feel that i could see news i could see what's happening in day-to-day life and all the drama to all the tea <laughs> it has yeah. everything all in yeah Twitter. yeah and then the the real life updates about twitter that's like like you said the current stuff what's going on that's that's what i like most about twitter and uh, for me twitter seems to be the most engaging as far as like people responding and interacting and commenting and saying things because of the ability to like retweet, but with your own comment and those kind of things. So I find like, for me, at least that it's the most engaging. I agree. I I really agree. After what had happened to me, which I was not expecting in terms of all the likes on one random post that I posted, it was just like, I believe it was four 30 in the morning and I was just in my feels, you know, and feeling inspired. And then next thing you know, my phone was just going off at work. And I was like, what is going on on my phone? It's like somebody's trying to reach me. It keeps on dinging from left to right. And then next thing you know, it's like Gary V messages. Like uh, he comments on my post that I posted. And I wasn't even trying to get his attention, honestly. I was just like, he's the one who inspired me. So I should give him credit. And then it was just really crazy. So I, I agree with you, Michael, because I didn't think that Twitter would allow me to get really far in what I was trying to say about myself. But it was just through that one message that just got me here. And that's what's amazing about it. You know, that's what's amazing about social media. You just never know who's going to see what you have to say. You just never know. Exactly. But before, how about let's take it back because oh. I know people are interested in like, ooh, now what, what are they talking about? What tweet? What this? Um, what about let's take it back. What about 
what about your background story kind of like how you grew up um and you know your upbringing and then kind of like how that transformed like who you are today and then uh we'll kind of get into like okay so i was actually born and raised in seattle washington um my mom and my dad met here they're both malaysian and muslim so i'm muslim as well i'm an american muslim and so um, that influenced me and it still influences me today because it's part of my identity, you know, and it's what I believe, but it's also different because I'm American. So I have like, you know, I'm Westernized, you could say, and I'm liberal. Whereas my parents, they're from Malaysia and they have like an old school perspective, you know? Yes. They're very, they're very, yeah, they're very into their culture, very strict on religion. So I grew up, you know, going to Sunday school every Sunday. And um, that was a part of me. And yeah, that's pretty much how I was, how I was born in Seattle, Washington. And that's kind of like my base. I'm Muslim. I was born in Seattle, Washington. So I wasn't born in Malaysia. So I have a different perspective. And I believe that I'm more open-minded. And um, my mom and her business partner, they, I guess you could say they're like old school entrepreneurs, you know, Um, they worked hard to get the money that they earned and then with that hard-earned money they used it to create something bigger but they didn't have social media back then they didn't have that easy way out they had to they had to market themselves they yeah. really had to work they and really gary v also talks a lot about that and that's why i can relate to him because you know that's how my parents are i and i understand where he's coming from because my parents worked really hard to get to where they are well, I guess I would say, well, yes, my dad too, but my mom, I guess you could say, was the one who really built her empire by herself with her business partner. And what kind of business did they? Oh, yeah. So they actually, well, my mom, when she, after she finished school, she found a lady that she met through a mutual friend and she actually started off by cleaning her apartment. And I guess she networked through her. Because she knew, since the lady, I believe, was in her 60s, she knew people that was getting rid, that were getting rid of their properties. So she always talked to my mom about how important it is to invest your money in properties and how it's like a long-term investment. But obviously, you know, she didn't have that kind of money. So she met my aunt. I just say aunt because she's basically related to me now, you know. Um, and they worked together to buy their first property and their first property was in the UW area. So it's basically like a gold mine. And what they did was they started from basically cleaning apartments. And from there they started gathering that money. And with that money, they were doing newspaper route and, you know, newspaper route being doing newspaper route paper route before was a big thing. And you made a lot of money from it at night, you know, and, with that money and then the cleaning money, they bought cars to flip. They, they were, were hustling. They were not playing about the hustle game. Like they did not care what they needed to do to get the money. They sacrificed their sleep. They sacrificed everything. I mean, they even sat, my mom sacrificed my sister um, because as soon as my sister was born, because I have an older sister, she actually got sent to Malaysia because my mom was so busy hustling and my dad was in and out of the picture, you know? He was doing business in Malaysia. So my mom 
was just hustling so that she could just create her own kingdom, you know? And with that money, with that hard-earned money, she bought her her property and she started flipping homes. And that's just what she does now. She has rental properties and then she flips homes. Real estate. Uh, it's definitely one of the wealth builders of this country. It's one of the things I'm most interested um, as far as like investments and stuff is real estate. I'm still trying to find my way in. Now, were you born already at this time or this is all precursor to so you this being is, born? Um, this is pre me being born. Okay. So just your sister's born. And then by the time you're born, your mom's already like fully invested into real estate doing all of these things. No, because I'm only two years, um, I'm two years younger than my sister. So she was still in the process. It wasn't until I was in middle school that I actually saw and realized like, oh, I think my mom has money because at the same time, since, since she grew up in the village, she still had that village mindset you know, and she would still shop at, she's still actually on this very days. She'd be shopping at Goodwill. She doesn't, she doesn't shop at Nordstrom. She doesn't shop at anywhere like that. She just shops at Goodwill. She will maybe buy some Skechers. <laughs> no offense to anyone who does wear Skechers, but <laughs> um, she just doesn't, you know, she doesn't spend money on materialistic things. And that's when, you know, religion also comes to play a role in that because she's super religious and she and being Muslim teaches you to be humble, you know, so she has that mindset as well, which I, I believe helped her in accomplishing her wealth, you know. So she didn't, yeah, she didn't allow the money to change who she was as a person, which is something you don't really see in a lot of people. There's very few, like Gary Vee, you could tell he's one of those people that didn't change. Like hearing your, your, your mom's story, like she's one of those people that didn't change who she was just because uh, she came into money and now has more of it. Now, you said when you were in middle school, you kind of figured like, oh, I think my mom has money. Did you grow up like wealthy or like... so? My dad and, and my mom, they're separated. They're still married. But my dad, he goes back and forth to Malaysia. And then he comes back to Seattle. And at that time, my dad was here. And I guess at that time, I was more spoiled through my dad. Because, you know, when you're in middle school, what matters is what what's your lunch? Like, what snacks do you have? Do you have hot Cheetos? Like, did you get to go to the Starbucks? Did you get to go to Starbucks and get like a croissant before you came here? Because that's what made you like wealthier, at least in my in my middle school. You know, it was like the snacks you had. And um, it, and then like if you had to take public transportation, you know, my dad had a Mercedes. He would drop me off with his Mercedes, pick me up and drop. He would pick me up, drop me off and do all of that. Like I never had to touch a bus in middle school or elementary school, you know? And then in high school, the only reason why I wanted to take a bus was so that I can go and do things that my parents didn't approve of. So it's like, I, I never really had to have that struggle of taking a bus or public transportation. Now, were you in public school or were so, you in private school? I spent two of my years in high school, in a private school. And it was a Muslim school. And then the rest I spent in a public school. So when you were in the public school, did people pick up on that, you know, your dad's dropping you off in a Mercedes? Or did they like, did you feel like any type of like judgment? Like, oh, is this like treatment like towards you like oh this girl's wealthy like she her dad got a mercedes did you have any of those kinds of kind of uh, actually judgments? now that i'm thinking about it I, now that i remember in 
the fifth i'm gonna sound like a spoiled brat but i really don't i don't mean i don't intend to be like that but i just want people to know my story like in no yeah so in elementary school for my fifth grade graduation my dad had got me a limo and i got to pick my friends who i wanted to come on the limo with me but the funny thing is is that no one ever judged me for it you know because i was around who I was as a person never changed. Like I didn't let money define me. Like I knew I had all these things that other people maybe didn't have, but it felt like they also did have things like that because, you know, when you live in a good neighborhood, you go to a school that's in the, in the same neighborhood. So everybody's kind of like similar to you, you know, and I was friends with people who had money and people who didn't really have, all the money in the world. So I think that's what made me different than others. Um, I just like true friendships, you know? So I never really was, I never was judged actually. And then in high school, people knew I had, you know, it was a normal thing for people to have cars, you know, it wasn't a big deal. So I guess everybody was just pretty much like me, you know? Except I didn't really attend high school like that because I was just not a fan of high school and socializing with people and I would almost skip. So um, I think maybe that's why. But also I would I didn't have the materialistic things like in high school. I didn't have Ugg boots. I didn't I had like the bootlegged ones, you know, the ones that everyone makes fun of. And I didn't have North Faces. I didn't have which is not a bad thing. But I'm just saying like because my mom was like that she didn't have materialistic things in the sense of fashion. I didn't have that because the sense of money that I got was more like, what are your necessities coming from my mom? You know? And yeah, that's, that's what's kind of different is that I had access, I had access to things you can get at target, you know, like all the toiletries and then, you know, like, snacks which sounds crazy but when you're an adult and you have to pay for that it's different than when you can just have easy access to it you know and when you were uh in high school and stuff you said you were like skipping and uh like not really going to school your mom being the entrepreneur was she pushing you towards like a career or your dad like hey you need to do this when you get out of high school like Uh, you need to go to college did they push? yeah it was just so hard because they had all these expectations for me you know and you know they're from Malaysia. So they're like, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be an engineer and just pushing all these things that was just not a part of who I was. So I feel that most of my childhood, I was I spent being somebody or trying to be somebody that I wasn't, you know, and it wasn't until this past year where I really was like, you know what, I'm really going to pursue my dreams of what I want to do. I'm going to find me and I'm going to do me, you know, like, and that's why I love watching Gary Vee's podcast is because he always reminds you that it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, because at the end of the day, you just have yourself, you know, you die alone, <laughs> as harsh as that sounds. And don't. So that means don't live your life for someone else. Live your life for you. Live how you want to live. You know, I actually say that quote <clears throat> quite often. uh quite often I say that quote that, you know, you're going to die alone. I tell my, my mom that I tell uh, my sister that I even tell my wife, sometimes I'm like, 
you know, if you're ever, you know, not happy or there's something going on, like you have to remember, you have to make yourself happy in this world first, because you, if you're trying to go through life unhappy to make someone else happy, like you're going to just resent that person later on. I'm like, you, you know, you have to remember, you have to do things that are, are, are best for you. And in your life, like whatever makes you happy, you got sometimes it does sound harsh, but you can't care about other people's feelings that, oh, you're going to hurt this person's feelings because you're no longer their friend or that, you know, if someone's holding you back or being that negative person, uh, that was one of the biggest things for me in the last couple of years was letting go of kind of like those negative people or just not like surrounding myself with them because they would be like, oh, like, why, why are you doing that? Like, uh, just because, you know, they never done it or maybe they've done it and failed. Uh, like people have to understand, even with parents, like, you know, if my mom, uh, was successful at something, you know, she can't expect me to be successful in that same thing. Like, uh, you know, we're all individuals. We're all different. We're not all made to succeed in the same thing. And, you know, something your mom failed at, you could succeed at something your mom su succeeded at, exactly. you might fail at. So you know, we all have to go out and find ourselves. And it seems like that's what you've been doing this last year. But, uh, you know, from your mom being the entrepreneur, who was the one or were they both equally kind of like pushing that like engineer doctor? You know, thing on you? actually, it was my dad. He he still does it. He's like, go back to school. And I'm like, that's I will do that if I feel like it. Eventually, I actually do want to go back to school, but I need to find myself and and find out what I am meant to do and what I meant to be, because right now I'm just on this path of just learning who I am. Because I never had that when I was younger, you know, I was and I'm not asking for a pity party, but I'm saying like I'm just blooming on later in life because, you know, I just didn't have the time. I didn't have the time before, you know, I got married at 19 and then I had a child and then now I'm 26 and I'm like, who am I? Because I was pregnant and, you know, I had to raise my son and I was a full-time mom. So it was really hard for me to really realize who I was and what I wanted to do as a person. Like I've always had an idea and I've always known that, you know, I'm an aspiring makeup artist and I, I've always done makeup and I'm a freelance makeup artist, but I never knew what kind of content I wanted to put out for myself and how I wanted to separate myself from other makeup artists because I'm just like, I'm just a makeup artist. But I didn't realize that there was you like you don't have to limit yourself to one thing you know like I didn't realize that I'm really good at making new connections so before I was super introverted and now I realize I do enjoy talking to other people and I do love learning about what other people do and it's okay to not know what what somebody's position is all you need to do is ask you know and I think it's about the type of connections you're willing to make also, like, like you said, like, you know, being introverted then and then now being like, oh, I actually like talking with people. I think it's motivating to talk with other people who, you know, want to succeed or that actually support you. You know, that's the one biggest thing about social media that I totally love is like you find the most support from like the people you don't know. Like you find people like encouraging, encouraging you on social media, like, uh, and just in all these types of way. And you're like, wow, these people don't even know oh me yet. God. They want to see me win versus versus like the closest people are like, oh, my God, <laughs> what, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing with your life like this? And then I'm like and I go on social media and these people are like, great job. Like, oh, like, wow, like such an inspiration. I'm like, like, how can these random people just have so much like, 
love and support for you and they don't know you. And then the closest people are the ones like pretty much. That's, and that's down. so wild that you say that because, you know, that's really how it is. And that's the sad truth. Like, for example, I love my sister to death. She's my everything. She's my rock. She's my world. And she's such a sweetheart. But sometimes her reactions to things are just not what I want to hear. So I was telling her, I sent her your questions and I was like, hey, do you want to go over this with me? This is what the podcast that I'm doing is. And she texts me back and she's like, what are you getting yourself into? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to turn this negative response to a positive response. And I told her, can you not speak to me that way? I'm really excited about this. So can you actually help me go over it? And she's like, just joking. But I'm like, dude, you don't joke about that. So when I met up with her, actually, she she responded in a different way because I expressed to her like, hey, like, that's not cool, dude. Because sometimes people don't understand that how they say things affects you, you know? And as you grow as a person, you realize that, you just have to change the energy. We direct the energy into something positive and you're, you're always going to have a positive mi- mindset, you know? I have this little thing on my wall. I wrote it in 2019, uh, so almost a year ago, February 2019. And I just wrote these little notes to myself like, um, you know, I will take risks. I will not give up. I will always be positive. And that's one of the ones that, you know, me and my daughter sit here and read it every night and every morning. And we kind of tell ourselves these things. And the always being positive, um, you know, that's huge because one, it changes your attitude. It changes your energy. People around you notice that change in energy. Like you're able to make other people happy. It's not just about yourself. And then when you could uh, make people see things like your sister, when you can make her see something in a different light, like, hey, I'm taking this like seriously, like I think it's important. And then, you know, they realize like, oh, like, you know, maybe I shouldn't say certain things or joke around um, whether it's a joke or not, because, you know, the words go a long ways. Uh, Just in the last podcast um, that I had with Asia, uh, we talked about like the verbal abuse, uh, both in relationships and kind of like the negative effects, like how that has a more serious effect than if someone was being like physically abused. Um, So the verbal thing, what, you know, whether it's putting someone down or like verbally abusing someone like that stuff affects people emotionally that one, you can't see emotional abuse. You know, you can't see what someone's feeling deep down inside, uh, with, with the words you tell them and, you know, all, all the effects that, uh, words have. And I think people need to be, you know, just more aware of what, that their words can hurt or encourage people so that they should. Yeah. Use I, their and words I, really agree with what you're saying because a lot of children go through verbal abuse and don't even realize it because a lot of times parents aren't aware of the words they're using because there's not you don't you're taught from what you're what you see right so if we don't change this then how are our offsprings going to speak in that way you know yeah um one of the big things me and my wife are doing um is you know trying to ex- have my daughter express herself to be able to talk about like her feelings because you know we never want to tell her something and then she you know she not be able to express herself so sometimes when she gets in trouble um you know she'll go in her room and then she'll come she's only four right now so it's hilarious at her age to be able but it's so funny the way she responds to certain things like if she gets in trouble she goes to her room comes back and then she's like mommy daddy i don't like when you tell me to go to my room have to go and sleep by myself or something you know she gets like she says these cute little things but you know we're teaching her to be able to express herself because uh you know for me that wasn't something 
that I was really talked uh, with with my mom, you know, single mom. So, you know, that wasn't one of the things that was kind of more like tough love and not really uh, talk about your feelings or, or be able to express yourself to let someone know how you're feeling. And uh, so that's something I'm trying to change with my daughter and me and my wife are working on that. And it, it's very different because you know, she's able to express herself uh, at such a young age that even like her teachers noticing, they're like, wow, she's just like, she just will let you know, like if she falls at s school, like they kind of don't worry about uh, when my daughter like falls on the ground. Cause she's like, I'm okay. Like, I'm all right. Like, I'm fine. Like she's willing to uh, express herself and let people know like how she's feeling. If she's feeling That's sad. That's great. That's happy. really important because it just gives you a lot of insight and you don't have to worry about what she's thinking or feeling because she's able to express herself and that's important because adults don't even know how to express themselves. Adults will even hold their feelings in, and we all know that that's not healthy, you know? So I think that's great that you're teaching her that at a young age. Yeah, absolutely. It's been working well so far. Um, now, kind of back to like the Gary Vee thing and, you know, kind of what's been transitioning in your life, like in the last year, like what was kind of that situation that made you realize that, you know, even though you, you know, you came from like money, it wasn't just like, you know, here you got all this money. Cause like you said, like things were being, you know, you weren't buying like fancy things and all this, but what was it made, what made you realize that that money was kind of like making you lazy or having that lack of motivation to go out and, you know, be your own person, well, do your own thing. Okay. How can I say this? So I don't know. So after um, me and my husband got separated, I was really lost. And I was finding my happiness through traveling and spending a lot of the money that I had saved on just going to random places. Like I went to Florida, I went to Miami, I went to New York, I went to Mexico. I just went to all these places and it did make me happy. But it was like when I came back home, I felt empty again and I wasn't happy. I was yeah, coming, back, coming to back to reality, reality, you know, and I was like, what do I like? I feel like I was just running away from all my problems because I was I, I didn't have a label anymore. Like I was no longer responsible to being a wife. I am a mom, but now I have three days out of the week, three or four days out of the week where I'm not a mom and I have nothing to do because it was it's during the weekday, you know, and if I'm doing makeup, it's on the weekends. And then I just felt like I was on idle mode. And then, you know, I'm on Instagram a lot, but you know how the algorithm switches when you start looking at new things. It, it changes the videos you see on the Discovery Channel, I think, or the icon where it's like the yeah. magnifying glass. Yeah. And then yeah. I went to, I think it's called the t TV streaming side. And I was just scrolling down, scrolling down. And then I was listening to Gary Vee because a couple of his videos popped up. And I, was, I remember saying to myself, like, damn, Gary, can you just let them finish their sentence? <laughs> like I actually was not a fan and then some kid who sounded so obnoxious okay maybe not okay I shouldn't say that but um some kid was just like how do you see I don't really remember word to word how it went but all I remember is Gary saying stop taking shit from your parents or stop taking money from your parents just stop it all if you really want to succeed and I was just like the thing is I related to that only because I didn't take money from them but I took their hand when they gave it to me when I didn't need to take their hand. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't doing it on my own and I was just so sick and tired of being comfortable, just living comfortably. 
because my whole life, that's what it's been about. You know, um, I was able, I feel like it was really hard for me to appreciate being an entrepreneur when I didn't have a lot of bills to pay. You know, I didn't have a lot of responsibilities. All I had to do was, you know, cook, buy groceries and, you know, do laundry and not saying that that's a bad thing, but it was just really hard for me to put my mind into a mindset where it was like, okay, it's time to grind. It's time to make money and it's time to use the money and redirect it into something that's going to make you more money. So then that's when I just stopped taking anything from my mom. I stopped asking her because a lot of times I'd be like, oh, hey, can I have $20? Or hey, can I, um, I'll just go with her to Target and then I'll buy the things that I need. And then I don't really need other things, you know? So I stopped doing that. And then I actually got a job, a, um, a temp job for three months because I told myself, okay, you have three months to change your life around, to pass your real estate exam because I took my Washington State real, I took my Washington real estate um, course and I didn't pass the exam the first time because at that time I was going through a really rough time in my life with you know the separation going on and whatnot. And that's not an excuse. I, that should have actually helped me pass my test, but that was just what I was going through at that time, you know? And I told myself, in these three months, you're going to work this six to two job and you're going to deal with it. And by the end of this, you should have my goal. I say this every day. You are going to pass your real estate exam in, in May. You're going to pass it. Like I have no other choice, you know? And so, yeah, with his words, it just kind of motivated me to just branch out and stop being comfortable because you got to be uncomfortable. You're not always going to be in a good position in life. And I felt like I was so stuck into just being in the life that I was in and not paying attention to what was happening around me that I got sidetracked, you know? And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but for what I want to do with my life and for the goals that I want, I need to have a... I want to have that mentality. I want to have the same mentality that my mom had when she came here 30 years ago to build the life that she gave for me. I want that for my son. And how can I do that if the things that I did in the past doesn't add, does it, like, doesn't add up to it, you know? So that's why I'm just really grateful for his podcast <laughs> because I listen to it every day now because it's true. If you use social media in the right way, you could get really far in life. If, you know, in terms of being a makeup artist, in terms of connecting with other successful people, because that's what networking is. You know, you never know who you're going to come across. And I've come I've came across the most amazing people through my social media, through my Instagrams, to be specific. Like I have a friend who I talk to in New York every single day and I don't even know him. I don't even know him, but we've just exchanged such kind, kind words to each other that it's like, it's, it's, it's really cool. And building these kind of friendships is what makes me realize that there's other people like me and that I want to speak out and be more of who I am, you know, so that I can inspire other people who are, who can relate to me in, in certain ways. Cause not everyone is going to relate to everything I just said, you know, it was your mom supportive of you when you were like, mom, I'm going to stop taking the money or, you know, taking that hand. From you. What was kind of like her reaction to that? Or did she notice like oh, that yeah. you weren't she, taking the money? Well, she anymore? really respected that. I went and got a job <laughs> because it was like for, honestly, I would say for four years, I did not have a full-time job. 
for four years. And she respected the fact that I took that leap, even though I didn't have to. And in terms of what I want to do, I don't think she she likes the idea of what I want to do because it kind of interferes with my Islamic faith and what she believes, you know, because it's, you know, the beauty industry and that's very flamboyant and putting yourself out there. So it's that's what's been challenging for me. But I need to I need to embrace it, you know, because this is what I want to do. And yeah, it might get me in trouble or yeah, she might see me as a different person, but I like, you know, like I said, I can't live my life for her. I got to live my life for my, myself because I'll never be happy if I if I don't live my life for me. Now, is she being like discouraging about it? Or do you think that she's like kind of supporting you, but like not making it just so obvious that she's See, cheering I for would me, say it's the last one. Loki, she'd be happy for me. Like she's actually been more supportive towards me because she sees the growth that I've made. Like she sees me making making friends through social media and getting clients through social media and she sees how I'm being successful and I'm putting myself out there and you know when I have my clients I bring them to to the house and she sees that and she's like oh wow she's really building a platform for herself and her seeing how social media works is kind of making her believe that because you know like I said she didn't have that when she was growing up but when she sees all these other entrepreneurs who have like sold out classes teaching in freaking New York or LA then oh yeah her mind's definitely going to be changed cuz like in in the past she's actually told me do you want me to pay for you to do this makeup course so I know that she supports me but I think it's also hard for her to support me cuz she doesn't know from a religious standpoint, if she should let me, because she could see me getting further down the line, you know, from what she wants. And do you, do you find that like hard, hard for you? Or is it something that you've been kind of been able to get over very quickly as far as like the religion thing, you, know, it's, you doing what you want to do? It's taken me 26 years to be this confident. And I was telling my friend, like, I've always been the black sheep of the family. And he's just like, well, embrace it. And I'm like, what do you mean embrace being the black sheep? And I was like, you know what? If that's what it is, then that's what it is. I know I'm not a black sheep. I know where I stand in my life. But I, like I said, like, I can't live it. My life is my life, you know? And I got to do what I got to do because time isn't stopping. I don't want to wake up tomorrow and realize, oh, I didn't take the steps that I needed because I was too scared to be who I was. Like, that's not what I stand for. Everyone should be proud of who they are. Even if you're in a bad place in your life, this is that's part of the process. You know, that's part of the process for you to be who you're going to be tomorrow or in a year. Like without me going through the things I went through in the past, I wouldn't be on this podcast. You know, so I embrace everything, the good and the bad. And uh, I know some of the actions you were taking, like uh, when you stopped talking, where you're like going to work that temp job. Were there ever any times that you were doing that and you're like where you felt like giving up and just saying man maybe i should go back and you know take money from my mom or maybe i should do something different did you ever feel discouraged when you're doing this or the whole time were you feeling like oh, well, I'm doing the i right mean thing? i would say that there were many times where i felt that way because well not many times but actually i would say last week last week i my son was sick and i had an opportunity to stay home with him and when he woke up, he was like, Mom, are you happy? 
And I was happy because for the first time in almost two months, I was able to wake up next to my son because I leave him in the morning to go to work and he doesn't see me. So he wakes up without me when for these past four years, I've woken up, he's woken up to me every single day. And it made me really emotional. But then I had to tell myself, you know what, this is the sacrifice you have to make. There are other single moms out there who didn't have the luxury to spend time with their child at three months or six months. So I had that luxury. I had my time and my hustle time is now. So I changed my mindset real quick because I could have been really emotional about it and been depressed. But I realized that this is the sacrifice that I'm making for him. And when he gets old, he's going to see that I had to sacrifice this and he'll appreciate that. And I'll appreciate that. I'm going to appreciate these moments more because I know I had to push through something that was greater than what I could handle, you know? Do you see your son as like your biggest motivator or the reason like you have like this fire to do? Do you think you would have had the same motivation? Maybe if you I would say he's the he's the fire to my soul without him. I, you know, I wouldn't be more motivated. Like I'm already determined. I've always been a determined person, but he just pushes me to do more and be more because I know I can. And I know he's watching me, you know, and I know I know all parents you know, relate to that because, uh, when I had my daughter, um, you know, I wasn't on the path I am on now, like trying to do better things. You know, my family didn't, uh, own houses. They didn't own businesses. You know, they never taught me about investing in a uh, stock market like that. I didn't have all these things. And then, you know, when my daughter came along, uh, it took a few years. It just started like maybe a year and a half ago where I started trying to learn, like I said, if it's this has been going on for generations, like no one in the family owns real estate, like nobody's talking about like investing in stocks or trying to build your wealth. No one owns a business. I'm like, you know, if I'm not going to be the first person to do it, then am I going to make my daughter struggle? And then and then she's going to have to be the one to do it. So, you know what I took? I took it upon myself to say I have to be the first person or the first generation to be willing to struggle to provide my daughter with a better life. That way she could make it a little bit easier for, you know, when her kids come in. and then each generation after that, it'd become easier and easier to build wealth because, you know, by then, you know, uh, my daughter would be teaching her children and then their children would teach their children. But I said, you know, I have to be the first one. I have to learn about uh, real estate. I have to learn about how, how, how to buy a property. I have to learn about investing in stocks and investing in my daughter's future with like uh, college funds or, all these types of things. I'm like, and, uh, so I see my daughter as like my biggest motivator. And sometimes I, I get those same feelings, like, cause I leave super, uh, early in, in the morning to work. So I go to sleep with her every night, but in the morning, like I'm always gone. And then sometimes she, she gets those, she's like, daddy, are you going to pick me up from school today? And I'm like, you know, I feel, uh, yeah. you know, it gets me emotional sometimes she wants to see me, but I come, I come home and I see her every single day. I sleep with her. Um, and I'm there, uh, you know, I haven't missed a day of her life. Uh, thankfully me and my wife are yeah, still together amazing. and we get to experience that. But, you know, it's like those little things that make me realize I'm like, you know, and it's hard because, you know, I want to hustle and I want to do all these great things. And then it's like, too, I want to spend so much time with her, but I understand too, like, you know, it's, it's going to have to be one or the other. Like I'm gonna have to put us in a position where I could spend more time with her or, you know, I just spend more time with her and we just struggle for a lot longer. And so it's kind of hard to like balance that, but you know, I know she sees, and like you said, when they grow up, they're going to see that 
you know, all the, all the benefits to why you had to hustle or, you know, why you couldn't be there in the mornings and all that. So I see like my daughter is yeah. the same, like the fire to my soul. The reason why I try to do everything I'm trying to do. That's amazing. And I'm, I'm glad that we could definitely see eye to eye on that because the children are, children are our future and we have to be a good example to them so that they could provide themselves a better future than we had, you know? You know, we talked about, well, we haven't gone in depth about it, but you tweeted about like networking and the power, you know, and the power of it. Do you have a story about like how networking puts you in a um, position to succeed? Okay. So this is one, for example, this, this whole situation was because of, I, we, ne- we networked with each other and scheduled a time to make a podcast over similar shared interests. But I would say another time that I networked would be last year, I... But- there was a quinceanera slash wedding expo that there were a lot of people that were gonna go that were spanish speaking and i don't speak spanish but i do makeup you know and i was like whatever it was a last minute thing and i I had nothing to sell but myself and i wasn't sure how i would market myself because a lot of people there had something that they were going to sell like a product eyelashes nail polish cakes food because it was an expedition for everything that you would need at a party so i decided you know what i'm gonna decorate my my booth super nice and then i'm gonna have a price list of sampled makeup looks and to be honest only two people did the sampled makeup looks and that was that was fine but i ended up handing out my business cards talking to everybody personally and i made back five times more then how okay sorry let me i what did i mean okay so i made back the money that i spent on the booth and then i made i made more money too so i i won either way you know and what's crazy is that one of the clients that i that i met through the expedition i did her um quinceanera and then i did her homecoming makeup too so she keeps calling me now for every single event because she's comfortable with me. And I didn't think that this was going to take me far, but those five connections that I made are connections of a lifetime. You know, um, I networked with somebody in the past and she sent me through her daughter's, her daughter's friend who was getting, who, who, who needed someone to do her quinceanera makeup. And I did her quinceanera makeup and then I did her prom makeup and then I did her wedding makeup. And these are long-term friendships. These are long-term connections. And that's what, that's what matters to me as a person, you know, just making those connections that last forever. And yeah, I mean, networking is really important because you never know who you're going to come across that might know someone of your interest, or you might be able to benefit them. You might know someone that is of their interest, you know? And that's what's so important about getting out of your comfort zone and just meeting new people and talking to new people because other people have different learning experiences and you can learn from other people's learning experiences. And that's a great point. Just uh, the whole purpose, the whole thing of networking. And, you know, my mom always used to tell me, you know, you never know who's watching. You never know what, you know, your boss may be watching, right? But you don't ever know if their boss is watching. You never know, like, what position you're able to put yourself in. She's like, just whatever you do, you know, always work hard because, one, you don't know who's watching or taking notice of, you know, the actions you're taking, all the good effort. And 
you know, it finally came into play when I finally became a partner in the business that I'm at now. Um, when I was working a job and I was, I was working right across the street of the business I'm at now. And the guy, my now business partner came in and, uh, he started talking to, to my supervisor and then, uh, something happened, but my supervisor was like, Hey, go over there and talk to him and try to get that, uh, receipt. So all it did was take for me to go over there, um, and have a conversation. And then I don't know how, what we were talking about. Uh, it was just the most randomest conversation. Uh, I talked to him for, I ended up talking to him for like 40 minutes. And then all, all of a sudden he's just like, um, look, I want you to come over here and be a part of the business. And, uh, you know, I want you to be a part of the business and I want to train you how to like run a business. I was like, dude, I never like took a business class. I've never been to college for business. Like, I don't know business terms. Like, I don't know any of that. And he's like, don't worry, I'll teach you everything. And I was like, it just, uh, blew my mind. Like how my mom said, like, you just never know. Like you said, you never know who you're going to talk to. You never know. And, uh, you never know when the day's going to come. Like, you know, you could think your life is going a certain way. And then all of a sudden the next day just changes, like completely changes. And that was like my first real experience of understanding, like the power of being able to just having one conversation could change your whole life. And that one conversation, uh, almost a full year, it's almost, it'll be a full year in May. So that one, thank you. Uh, that one conversation literally changed my whole life and brought me into learning about business and learning about all the ins and outs and how to run a business. And then, uh, you know, just how to present just, uh, just all these great things that came from it. And all it came from was just, uh, just having a conversation. You always convert, like you start everything with a conversation. And if you have a good conversation with someone, believe me, they're going to want to keep talking to you, whether it means you talking to your boss, you talking to someone you have a crush on, you talking to another parent. It's like building that connection and building long-term relationships. And I think that's what, what it, why it's really important to have integrity in whatever you do. Because that's going to show everyone who you are as a person. Because like you said, you never know who's watching. And like you said, the integrity, it's all about like the respect. Like <clears throat> there's always, there's a meme that goes around. Like I greet the the CEO the same way I greet the janitor. Like th- that there's that kind of integrity, like respect. Like you never know who that janitor is going to go, grow, uh, not grow up to be, but you never know who that janitor is going to turn out to be like, that could be the next, exactly. you know, Bill Gates, the next uh, <laughs> Jeff Bezos. And, like, the way that if you just talk to someone respectfully, like, no matter their position or without judgment, you just treat everyone with respect. Like, you never know what position uh, or opportunity that will bring to you later on in life. And people remember those things. Like, I'm, I'm kind of one of those people. That's why I say it a lot. Like, I remember the people that, one, give me a chance because – I'm one of those people that, you know, I don't expect a handout or, um, you know, someone to give me something. But the one thing I always ask for, like in any job or before I got into business, I was like, just give me an opportunity. If you think there's a position uh, or if there's a position that's higher than mine, like just give me the opportunity to show you that I could fulfill that position. You know, I always just said, if you just give me the opportunity, you know, I promise you won't regret it. And then, you know, some places are just like, yeah, we probably hear that a lot. Like everyone says that. Um, but you know, this guy who's my now business partner, all he did was give me the opportunity. He said, 
you want to come over and make it happen? And then I came over and made it happen. And then, uh, you know, that's all I ever wanted was an opportunity and, you know, not someone to like give me something or, you know, not work for it. Uh, but it just go. you just never know when that opportunity is going to come for yourself or anyone or what kind of opportunity you could provide to someone when you're in a position to, you know, when you remember someone treated you nicely and you're like, Oh, I remember this person. They did this. I actually need, you know, an accountant in my life or a lawyer or whatever it may be, a makeup artist or a personal organizer. And, uh, I'm one of those kind of people that remember, like, I remember the people that just, you know, that's, gave I, me an opportunity. I think that's very important to just remember everyone who gave you an opportunity because for someone to see something in you, that makes them just a genuinely amazing person, you know? And I also, I also remember, I also oh, yeah. remember the people that didn't <laughs> give me a chance. Cause I, and it's not like a grudge thing. I just be like, uh, like for example, um, back in, uh, when I started, uh, I shared the story, like I was 250 pounds a few years ago and then I started to work out. Um, but, how I started to work out was I lost a little bit of weight on my own. And then my little stepbrother mm-hmm. was going to the boxing gym. And I was like, Oh, I should get into boxing too. And I told this trainer, I was like, look, I want to get healthy. Like I want to get in shape and I want to box, but I also want to, oh. I also want to fight. Like I want to get into amateur boxing and actually do it. And he's like, uh, yeah. He's like, um, why don't you go train with that other guy? And, uh, I'll see how you look in about a month. And then, uh, you know, then I'll, I'll think about it. And by him saying that to me, uh, when he seen how good I looked or how naturally uh, athletic I was and I started losing the weight, he'd always be like, oh, oh yeah. when are you going to come train with me? And, you know, like wanting to take me on. And then I'm like, um, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and stick with this guy, the one you sent me over to, because, you know, you thought, you know, you didn't want to deal with me. And uh, that's the kind of person I am. Like, I remember like, like he didn't want to give me the opportunity and I remember those things. And even though that could get in the way and I don't want to, uh, mislead people because maybe that him training me could have brought me more opportunities to fight because, you know, he was like, yeah, he was up there, an actual coach and he did like he did. Yeah. So that could have hindered my, uh, opportunity. So I don't want to like misinform anyone or tell people like bad advice, but that's just how I am as an individual. Like I remember the people, who say no to me and say yes to me. And I kind of reciprocate that. And I'm like, no. And I do it out of spite because I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like yeah. I'm extraordinary and I'm pretty, you feel that about yourself. And then it's like, if I feel like people pass upon me, then they don't see that. I mean, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll pass on you. When yeah, you no, finally I totally do agree. See I mean, shout out to everyone who didn't believe in us. Cause look where we are now. We're making moves. <laughs> and so do you see the value in, networking on social media and now that you kind of had that experience with the twitter and remember you've had it for a long time but you're now just trying to you're now just starting to be active on it and you already seen the networking thing um do you plan on using social media more now or you know would you recommend people to use social media to network or is it just like old school like you just meet people in person so I, i've, I've actually way? used social media to meet people in real life like when I went to New York all I did was like look at my friends list and I was like yo where you at I'm in New York what's good you know like obviously don't just okay don't 
just do that. You have to make sure that they're normal people and not serial killers. But like, you never know who's on your friends list. Like I've made so many friends in doing so all over the world, you know, because I just go on social media and I put in location of where I'm at and I look at the people who's also around me. So um, there is a there's a benefit from it because you're making personal relationships with other people who are always going to remember you. And um you could use social media just in so many ways. There's so many different platforms that you could use. And with with how everything is going, you use it for advertisement, um, for standing up for what you believe in. And it really just depends on what you want to do as a person and what your goal is. You know, for me, I'm not going to lie. I am a makeup artist and I do enjoy that. But now I see that I'm really good in terms of um, I want to support people who need the support because they're about to get to where they need to be the underdogs, you know? So I'll listen to music that people don't listen to. I will listen to podcasts that people don't listen to. I will get you that one view. So I'll get you that one view that you need. I will click that like button on YouTube and I will give you feedback for content. And that's kind of what I want to get into right now. I've been listening to people, new music i've been listening to um new podcasts and just branching out and meeting other people who are just upcoming as well you know and that's what's so exciting is just meeting other people who want to make it far and who put in that work and that's what keeps me inspired you know and i think it it kind of goes back to like what you're saying about like you got to do things that uh make you feel uncomfortable to like learn or grow as an individual and like going out and like you know finding new music to listen to it's kind of uncomfortable because then it's almost like a food place like for me i go to the same food place i order the same thing and it's like my wife's like you always order the same thing no matter where we go uh it's not the same anymore because we've been vegetarian oh, wow. for like almost like the last year or so but my, my my favorite thing used to be a, a burger and then i'm like i told my wife i'm like well, I got to find out who got the best burger. So everywhere we go, I'm going to order the burger and I got to find out who has the best burgers. How am I going to know? And, you know, it's not until you start trying new foods, listening to new music that you actually might find out that you like exactly. a whole different genre that maybe something can, that something connects with you more when you go out and try these different things. When you go listen to a new creator, when you go, uh, whatever it is, like just all those little things are the uncomfortable things because maybe someone's like used to listening to Drake or like the big artists. And then they just ignore all the, the little artists. Like Drake wasn't one day, uh, one time there at the bottom. I, I agree. I love listening to newer artists. I love listening. I just love, I love anything that sounds good to me. So I'm very versatile when it comes to that. And I think it's important to give everybody a chance because Everyone deserves a chance. Absolutely. Is there anything in particular that motivates you? You know, hitting the gym. When I get to the gym, honestly, that's the time where I just feel like I can let go of everything. And um, actually, when I'm on the stairs, there's I think there's something psychological about it when I'm on stairmasters because I'll at least go for maybe 40 minutes and I just started that I started listening to motivational videos while I was doing that and I think it's just me breaking through something hard while listening to something motivating that makes me feel good it gives me a rush of happiness and like motivation to just keep on pushing cuz I know I can do it and then once I finish that 40 minutes it just 
nothing compares to it. You know, sometimes there's those mornings when you, like you say, working out for the gym, but like I go to the beach at like five in the morning, like, first of all, what am I doing <laughs> up at five in the morning? And then like listening to like a motivational video, I feel like, oh my God, this should be in a movie. I'm like, why am I running on the beach? But it's like those times that make you like, it, it just makes you feel so good about yourself. And um, exercise has been one of those things uh, that can definitely <clears throat> improve like you having a bad day like there's something psychological to all of it and it's you know it's just again it's all part of being healthy too and you know who doesn't want to be yeah. healthy at the end of the day like we have children like you want to be able to be there for your children and live long and see them grow and um you know the being able to sweat and exercise and uh you know it changes you it does because it it proves to you that you have completed something in x amount of time you made it in when you didn't feel like it and guess what once you're done you feel amazing you may not have felt amazing walking into that gym but i trust me the second you walk out of that gym you feel like you've accomplished so much and that's the feeling that i love that's what that's why i love to go to the gym before i start my day because i want to feel that I want to feel that drive, that motivation and that determination and that success every single day. And that's what pushes me to go in the gym. People think I'm crazy and not everybody understands me because I will wake up at two o'clock in the morning to get to the gym by four so that I could get to work by six. And I will also go social dancing afterwards and be up all the way until three o'clock in the morning because that's what I want to do and that's what makes me happy. And I think that starting your day off right by even starting from making your bed that's what makes you feel good you starting the day off right have you heard of the it's called the two minute rule like you should just do it right then and there like those little tasks like doing the bed um sometimes i like right now i'm looking at a cup of water in the room like if i go just put that cup of water in the sink it takes less than two minutes to go do that instead of leaving it up here and then i go do something else and then the cup is just in here like you know those little those small little tasks that you complete make it you don't understand that it's helping you towards those bigger goals like um it's just there's baby steps in everything and that's kind of like those small tasks you feel like i well i completed something i did the bed i did the dishes like this you know those i took out the trash uh you know, I went to, then it gets to the gym. Like I went for an hour, then I went for an hour and a half. Then I went to, you know, it just keeps building and building. And then, uh, you're just building on that. I'm completing tasks. I'm getting things done. And that helps you towards whatever your long-term goals are, because you start realizing you start setting small goals and you build off of those. Um, do you notice a difference? Like if you don't work out in the morning, or do you not skip? Any gym I try days? not to. Honestly, I try not to skip unless I'm extremely exhausted or I have too many things to do because I actually time block my day because I don't have much time because everything is just so back to back. I have to use an app to manage my time. And then the kids club, it closes at 830 and I have to use those two hours. And then in the kids club opens at 4 p.m. So I only have until 4 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. And somewhere in between there, I have to get my workout in. And if I don't get my workout in at that time, then better believe I have to be up at 2 a.m. to get to the gym to have enough time by 4 a.m. to get out of the gym by 5.30 a.m. to get to work by 6 a.m. Do you use a special app to time block? I, yeah, it's called, actually it's called Time Block. 
Mm-hmm. And then block is called uh, B-L-O-C. I will, I'll, I'll forward you that because I'm not entirely sure um, how you spell it. But um, I don't know. I feel like somebody was talking to me about, they were like, oh, have you heard of time blocking? You should try that. And I was like looking it up. And then I was said, oh, okay. Um, this seems like it could work for me. It has everything where I can manage my time. And then it, set, it lets me know when I have to, where I have, what I have to do and what I need to be doing. And then I just switch over to that. And that's just helped me get to everything that I need to do in the day so that tomorrow I can be further in life. But it doesn't always happen because shit happens, you know? (laughs) So when I, when that happens, I usually have the weekends to just catch up on everything that I miss. And then I have to compromise the gym. So I love to go seven days a week, but if I don't get one thing done, well, I guess I'll have to make it six days a week. Do you feel like with uh, the time block, do you use that for social media also? Like, oh, I'm going to set it right, uh, set aside like 30 minutes to go on social media. And because a lot of people, they find themselves, if they don't like time block or set things aside, like you can just be laying on the bed, looking at your phone and that turns into two hours and like there goes a wasted of two hours of that. You could have one went to the gym. People don't know how to utilize their time when it comes. And that's true because, and that's where we have an issue is that we just scroll and scroll. And I mean, not all of us, but a lot of times we just keep scrolling and then we lose track of time. So yes, I do time block my time in terms because I separate my social time from my friends or looking at like cute outfits or new trends. Um, I separate that time from, talking to other people and joining in on other people's lives or posting content. I mean, I'm still getting better at that because, you know, since me trying to find who I am, it's been really hard for me to think of what exactly I want to put front in terms of my social, oops, sorry, in terms of my social media accounts. But I think now that I have a better understanding of what I'm good at, I'm going to start changing and recreating who I am as a person, because I've changed the person who I am, who I was five years ago, isn't who I am today. So I'm trying to, I guess you could say rebrand myself and be more true to my audience because I want to create a safe environment to where other people could relate to me and come to me when they need advice, you know? Yeah. I think if you just, um, you know, it's not really about like what kind of content you want to put out. I think, I think that's more of like, the creative side that people get stuck on and i'm trying to get out of that too like oh like you know what what should i put out there like what what do people like what would people engage with or versus like how gary v talks about it like um document don't create of course it's hard to like document everything when you don't have a team but being able to just express yourself or let people know like uh, i'm having a bad day today just putting like little things out people understand like oh this person's human like this person goes through the same thing i'm going through instead of like social media where it's only like oh all this positive stuff like look at me on a vacation look at me over here oh i'm doing so great i just sold a thousand things yeah and flipping i agree with that because that's basically what started happening to me so one day so that's what i was feeling um when i tweeted that what i tweeted and i was saying like you know, I was at a really bad place and I'm, and I came from like a super spoiled environment, but I'm getting better and that's what matters. And then on my Instagram, I posted me cause I had just ran, ran like three or four miles in the morning for sunrise. And there's something about that time. And it just, I just cried because life was just overwhelming. 
and I'm, I always post selfies of me on my Instagram and pictures of me being happy. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to post me being sad. And obviously I like half the response was like, Oh, word to you, girl. Like, thank you so much for showing me the real you. And then the other side was like, what's your, what's, what's, what's the problem? Why are you sad? Are you okay? Do you need to talk? And then that I just responded by saying, I just want to be true to everybody in my audience that, you know, I'm not just a happy camper. I have my sad days. I too struggle. And if other people know that it's okay to struggle, then people wouldn't feel as bad being in the positions that they're in, you know, so that they could relate to someone else who's going through the same thing as them. So that brings me back to another good question that I missed earlier. Does money equal happiness or does the access to certain things like it may not necessarily be money, but, you know, growing up in a, you know, affluent uh, family household, does any of that create happiness? Um, To me, it didn't because I didn't have freedom growing up in a religious environment. I didn't have freedom. I couldn't go to the movies with my friends. I couldn't go to parties, which is like why I got married at 19 because that was the only way for me to get out of the house. And so I did that and I just wasn't happy. Did money at that time of my life, it didn't mean anything to me. But at this time in my life, better believe it means something because I have a child. <laughs> like to do things that make us happy, like taking swimming lessons or going to Disneyland, we need money. And honestly, it's a vehicle to happiness. I enjoy taking dance classes, but dance classes are really expensive. You have to have money for that. And the things that I enjoy in life take money, socializing, eating out, driving that costs that cost. And that adds up. So at this point in my life, it does matter and it does create happiness for me. And I believe that everybody else's position in their life, that's what determines whether money is going to bring them happiness or not because we see a lot of celebrities who have a lot of money that aren't happy who unfortunately take their lives because sometimes like everything else too much of something is never good you have to have a balance in my opinion absolutely and like you said that money is a vehicle for happiness to go and do the things you know uh with money you're creating time to go to dance classes you create uh you create well, you have the money to go to Disneyland and take a family trip. Like it's the vehicle for happiness, not that money is happiness. And I think a lot of people think that, oh, if I have money or if I'm rich, I'm going to be happy. But no, it's just that money is the vehicle that creates that creates that the lifestyle that everyone wants to live. Whether you want to go and travel the world, travel abroad, uh, stay home all day. Like you have the luxuries to do all those things when you have that vehicle to create that happiness for you. And it's not necessarily that it's money that creates happiness. It's just, it's the vehicle that allows you to live the lifestyle you want to live. I agree. I, I agree with you. And I'm glad that we see eye to, eye to that for sure, because not everybody, every, it, it, I sometimes feel like money and happiness are such a t- touchy subject because obviously everyone's entitled to their own opinions, but it's nice to see eye to eye with someone because This was the one question that kind of made me feel nervous because there is no right or wrong answer. It just depends on you. Is there any piece of advice that you received that you would share with others? Respect people's time. 
because we take as humans, I feel that we take time for granted. Time is the number one thing that you can't, you can't even buy it. There's no price to it because time just passes. So if you're meeting up with somebody at 5 p.m. and at 4.50, you realize, oh, I'm going to be late. That's already disrespecting somebody's time because by the time you text them, they're probably already at the place. So communicate and let people know, hey, I'm running late because that shows you that shows them that you respect their time because time is valuable. And a lot of times, I mean, I'm okay. Don't get me wrong. I don't I'm not always on time to things, but I think it's something to think about respecting people's time because people value other people who show up and show up on time because when you're late, it kind of it's it's stressful when you're late because you never know what someone has to do afterwards. And I would just say respecting time because great time management skills, that's something that people notice. And that leads to success also. And this goes to not only uh, friendships or, but this also goes to relationships, respecting people's time. Uh, you know, not, I was pretty good with that as, uh, a young teen. Like I would kind of talk to a lot of girls. Okay, player over here, basically player. (laughs) I wouldn't really, I really wouldn't date any girls. Like my wife is really the only woman I ever, uh, actually dated. And we've been together since she was 15 and I was 16 now. But before that is like, you know, I think I had that respect of people's time. Like, you know, I would tell people like, or the girls like, Hey, you know, you know, this is nothing more serious. Like, you know, you're free to talk to whoever you want. Um, and I always had that like respect of people's time. Like, I'm not going to lead you on to think like, this is something. And then like, you know, it, it's just all about, like, like you said, respect to people's time. Like, I don't want people to d- devote their time to me if they can't commit to it. You know, I don't like committing to certain things like my wife, uh, she's never really on time to anything versus me. Like if I say I'm going to be somewhere like six in the morning, I'm kind of there at like five fifty, and I'm like, I'm always on time. And you know, uh, people could always count me to be somewhere on time. Like my aunt's one of those people where my mom always says like, she's going to be late to her own. <laughs> yeah. Like she's just like, I'll go to the parties. Oh, I'm on my way. I'll be there in 20 minutes. It's like three hours later. We're like, where are you at? She's like, oh, I'm still out here uh, at home doing my hair. <laughs> and you're like, what? Okay. And, uh, I guess you're not coming. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, respect for people's time, um, especially in business. I mean, uh, you see, like when it comes to when you if you want to get to a level of success, imagine like Gary Vee and, you know, someone's having a meeting or someone wants to have a meeting with him and someone misses that. Like people like. Gary Vee doesn't even have like five extra minutes in his day. He probably does a lot of time blocking and has specific things set up at specific times uh, that are going to end at exactly. specific times. One, I respect your time and I thank you for, you know, coming on the podcast and thank you for allowing me to talk with you. And it, it's just, it's been yeah, fun. It was actually a really great conversation. I didn't really know what I was getting into because this is my first podcast ever but i really appreciate the questions that you picked out and like how you personalize them to me i appreciate your time and i appreciate you reaching out to me and giving me feedback you know just guiding me through how i start the podcast and i'm i'm just really thankful i'm thankful for this opportunity and i'm i'm so glad that there are people like you in the world who are willing to give other people a chance and i appreciate you for that
Well, thank you. That means a lot to me. Now, is there anything specifically about your story that we missed or didn't get to talk about or any subjects that you want to specifically talk mm, about? I don't know. You about? may have to bring me back on the show if anyone else is interested at this point. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I wouldn't mind that at all. Um, if, if I didn't leave out anything, then I'll just have one last question. It's just okay. like a fun question that I like to end the podcast with. Okay, it's a would you rather question. Would you rather be able to take back anything you say or hear every conversation around you? Ooh. And the take back everything you say is like you take it back and they kind of don't remember you said it or, you know, you get that kind of pass with that. Or hear everything around you? Hear every conversation, you know, around you. Mm. I think at my mental capacity, I would hear everything around me because I'm also very observant so i don't mind hearing the negative about me from people that i don't know it's more so from like my sister that i care about family members but it's always going to be like that so i already know what they think of me so i would say i would rather hear what's happening around me because i find that to be interesting because what i like to do is i like to take the information that i see about people and work away work around that you use it yeah. for, for good and for positive for learning or uh, you just then take the information and you go and yeah. put it out there. I, I don't think people are able to take uh, constructive criticism very well. And that's how I kind of see everything. Like, you know, I don't know if you ever read that book, the four agreements, but it's one of the things um, is like, don't take things personally. And, or, you know, it's not only don't take things personally. Like if someone's having a bad day and they take it out on you, like you shouldn't take it personally that, that person's having a bad day. Like, you know, you should, you know, like Gary Vee says, like, you know, have compassion for yeah. that person, have empathy. And when you could, when you allow, uh, or, or when you're able to take constructive criticism, like when someone gives you feedback and you're not able to like, you don't get mad over it and you're like, well, okay, maybe I was doing this kind of wrong. Maybe I should fix that. And then you get better versus people that you tell, you tell someone something like, hey, maybe you should do this uh, or maybe you should do that. And then, you know, they just get mad. They think they know it all. Like being able to take that constructive criticism. And it sounds like that's what you would do with, you know, being able to hear everything around you. You take that as constructive criticism. You listen and you say, hmm, what could I do better? How could I uh, do this to advance myself in whatever I'm trying exactly, to do? Exactly. Because there's a truth in everything, honestly. Not everything is true, but you could take something negative and say, you know what, I could be, I could be better at vocalizing how I feel. Because if if someone's saying that I have no emotions, well, I'll work on having more empathy. I'll work on that. Because you always want to strive to be great, because there's no stopping point to greatness. You know, and I just feel that if you can take constructive criticism, you've really matured in life because it's not easy to hear negative things about you. You have to really be at a strong mindset for that. And once you get there, it's just that you take all the criticism into advice because advice is a good thing. I mean, you know where you stand in life and when you take someone's opinions and try to make it a better version of you i think that's when you could really work on self-growth you know shahira this was a great conversation i honestly don't want to end the podcast but i don't know what else to ask at this well, point well yeah I mean, it was a it was great, great conversation i really actually enjoyed this i didn't even realize it was 9 30 i'm like oh snaps looks like i'm only sleeping four hours tonight because gotta get in the gym tomorrow but 
I'm really grateful and I hope that we can continue to talk afterwards and shout out to Gary V because if you didn't respond to me and which I wasn't even looking for a response, I wouldn't have met Michael. And thank you for, thank you for that. <laughs> if you hear this. <laughs> I did. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you uh, for giving me your time. I respect your time. Like I said, um, and that's the biggest thing I just, you know, want to give people a platform to be able to share their story, let, you know, let others, there's so many people in your situation, so many people in my situation, so many people that want to share a story or go out and ask somebody, but they're either scared or, um, you know, that was one of my biggest concerns was, Hey, I just started the podcast in, uh, December, you know, maybe I don't have the largest audience and, uh, you know, with Asia, who was on uh, my last podcast, she she was like, you know, you have to go out and, you know, you can't care about those things. Like, you know, this is this is a place where you're going to do great things. And, and when you do things with love instead of fear, you know, you're able to create things, great things. Exactly. And that's and I think that's a really great that's a good piece of advice to give, because, you know, sometimes we're just too scared to take that first move. Absolutely. And then when you take the first move everything just happens to be so great and easy and you're like was it really that hard and that's with anything uh whether that's starting a new job trying a new career going out and trying uh, a new business being an entrepreneur if you just take that first step and and if you do fail it's okay because then you learn from that and say hey that didn't work for me what do i do next yeah no i and that's like that's a really good point and I, I feel like we both definitely learned from each other in this podcast. <laughs> I definitely took a lot away from everything you've said and all the questions you've asked. It made me think a lot about myself as well. Well, I'm very happy to hear that. Again, I really appreciate your time. I have all your social media linked so people could find you, connect with you themselves if they're looking to find you. And uh, I really hope to have you back on yes, in the future. And I'll do the same for you as well, Michael. Thank you.